When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Seven foot five inch beanpole Connor Vanover. Uh via Oral Roberts, via Arkansas, via Cal, mm-hmm. uh, has made his way to Columbia for an official visit. Um, we've talked about Vanover um, in previous podcasts. I don't know if you and I specifically, I know that Watkins and I talked about him a little bit last week yeah. uh, as, as, as a possibility. Um, I... I'm always leery of like really, really tall kind of lumbering guys who can be played off the floor. Um, he, he is that guy um, in the right context. And I, I believe that Paul Mills did a good job of finding context. Granted, it's it's a very different league. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. but finding good context for, for Connor and, and putting him in, in better positions. Um, yeah, yeah, because certainly hedging ball screens is not where you want uh, Mister yeah, Vanover. No, no, um, this is one where I'm sure if he commits, Arkansas fans are gonna invade mentions, you know, slandering him and saying he's terrible. I think a lot, you know, any transfer is really about role and fit. Um, I think Connor Vanover can work in the right system, or if you t- or you make the right tweaks. You know, when he went to Oral Roberts, you know, Oral Roberts switches everything. You know, they do get out and they do hedge ball screens, but if it's, you know, a 1-5 ball screen, Connor's in deep drop coverage. And, you know, they're having that guy kind of get out a little bit and they have some guys pre-rotate 
from the help side into gaps. So they put some stuff in place to account for that and to account for the fact that, you know, he's not a guy who you can really trust laterally or to recover back. You know, I don't think that's me, you know, speaking ill of a kid. That's what the tape shows. Teams, when he played at Arkansas, attacked the living hell out of him in ball screens. You know, they, they hunted him. You know, in the, you know, summit, some drop coverage and some smart help tweaks can mitigate that because it's the 24th best league in the country. We're going to start with that negative because I think that that's the rub here for Missouri is, you know, when we started the spring, finding a big was about, you know, really, I think, finding a guy who could fit what they wanted to do on the defensive end of the floor. And that was you know, a guy like Caden Shedrick who could play multiple ball screen coverages but was still good enough to get back and play in the post. You know, still had enough, you know, was light enough on his feet he could do that, but still had enough, you know, of a sturdy build that he could play in the block. That That's not Connor. You can move Connor on the block. You can play him in space. So we'll start by saying we get it. There are concerns about that into the floor, but that's why you pay Dennis Gates $4 million a year. That's why you pay the staff more than a million dollars a year to figure out how to mitigate those things. And I don't think they're going to do what Eric Musselman did, which is essentially punt and put him on the bench. (laughs) But I think you need context for why Muss did that. Muss really doesn't play more than seven guys. And once Jalen Williams was good to go, there was those minutes were for Jalen and they weren't for anybody else. And so Connor got sidelined and, you know, rebooted last year. Well, that so was also uh, that was wasn't that Justin Smith too, and uh, when he yeah. kind of got healthy and yeah. they started playing smaller with him at the five because yeah he was like a three four hybrid at Indiana yeah they they started to go the last two years really they started to go smaller at their five spot this year they went back bigger well with the Mitchell twins you could still kind of attack a little bit in ball screens if you got them in the right spot it was just Muss is. Ruthless. In, in like the best sense of the word, he will optimize his lineup for the very best thing it can do and just beat you to death with it. And that's what he did. And there are guys who, if you don't fit that, there's not pity minutes there. Muss is not just going to throw you five to ten minutes a game to keep you. Muss trusts himself to go into the portal and get someone to do what he needs to do. You know, Connor didn't fit what that vision was. He had to go to Oral Roberts to find a staff that would make some adaptations for him. The question is, if he comes to Missouri, if he commits to Missouri, what does that look like? What does that role look like? What does that fit look like? And to what degree is Missouri going to use him within its rotation? So I think we'll start with the questions first there, because they you can't really talk about this potential addition without going at those first. And we hear it. We know what people will say. And it's there's some validity to it. This is where you trust the creativity of the staff to to overcome it. And we we'd have to see what they would do, but you know you can't downplay them. That they exist for a reason. Well, yeah, and I think uh, as any time that you have been exposed uh, to to a player uh, as as sort of as much as we were uh, as Missouri fans exposed to you know, Vanover and sort of what Drew Smith and Jeremiah Tillman, uh, you know, did with him, uh, you know, like there's always going to be like a pause. Like one of the reasons why Missouri 
you know, had success against that Arkansas team uh, was because like Jeremiah Tillman was not phased by Vanover's size. Uh, you know, Drew Smith um, was not worried about, uh, you know, attacking, uh, you know, downhill against him. Uh, and Missouri put him uh, defensively in positions. Uh, again, some of this is kind of on must and like what he was doing and asking, uh, you know, a, a, a guy with that level of mobility out on the perimeter to do defensively. Um you know, but it, it, there's definitely like one of those things where you are hoping with, a, a, you know, an up transfer like this, that that there is, you know, the understanding of the staff that they're they're going to do the right thing with him. They're not just going to ask him to play the same way they asked Noah Carter to play. They're not going to ask him to play like, you know, Kobe Brown, yeah. um, you know, that that what or even like Modiara, like you can't you can't expect Vanover to come in and, and even defend like Modiara was able to defend on the perimeter. Um, so I think, you know, there, you're d- definitely looking at different uh, styles of defense. You're, you're looking at, uh, you know, buying, we see some, yeah, more, more minutes in the zone. Um, you know, Missouri's shown that, that they can be, you know, pretty tough uh, with his own defense. And uh, and and junk it up a little bit, and I think I think Dennis Gates has sort of shown throughout his coaching career that he's not afraid uh, to to sort of be a little bit junky defensively, um, and and just get creative with with like the talent he has on hand. I think if they land a guy like Shedrick, you probably see exactly what Dennis Gates wants to to be, uh, you know, defensively. Um, they didn't. And so you you change what you want to do a little bit, and and yeah. I, I think he's shown uh, at least in his, his brief tenure at Missouri and, and previously at Cleveland State that he's creative, and then he'll he'll figure out a way to kind of utilize what he has. So and this is all saying like we, we don't even know if if the, yeah like if he's going to commit, he might might take a minute, he might go to Wichita State, see what Paul Mills is talking about, if if he's going to fit there. Um, you know, but if he does commit, how he fits, uh, I think it'll it'll be interesting to uh, to watch how Gates kind of deploys both him and and Carlero, who I think uh, you know there are also some questions about. Yeah, the what I will say is this is I like this better than Jimmy Bell. Just I that that entire sort of process was was kind of head scratching because Jimmy Bell okay rebounder not a great shot blocker no skill on offense grades out worse than Vanover in pick and roll defense so by almost every account it made less sense to to look at Jimmy Bell than than this move so I think, you know, you can say that they've at least, you know, found someone that's a little better fit. That the upside here is, the thing that I would point out is, they were looking at a guy like Jamarian Sharp, who has some mobility, has some, you know, lateral quickness, but can still get attacked in ball screens, can still get moved in post-ups. And Missouri fans for two years were salivating over the idea of Jamarian Sharp. And there were real questions about what he could do against SEC caliber bigs on the block and against stronger bigs on the block to hold position, to box out in one contested rebounds. 
the one thing that tips this, I think, in you know favor of uh, of, of Connor Vanover is there's a better offensive fit here. Um, he's a guy who is not a banger on the block. He's not going to be a guy who you're going to run a lot of punch plays for. He's a guy who is going to set screens, pop. He's going to roll or he's going to slip. Um, you can space him a little bit. He can shoot trail threes. He's going to keep your spacing the way you want, and he can play in some dribble handoffs. He can play in, you know, some actions around the elbow. Again, understanding that this is a guy who, if you look at his history, is probably more of a role guy between 12 and 15 minutes game. But he can come in and he can, you know, do the things you need him to do to keep the offense flowing, to keep it in rhythm. And the real question is going to be, you know, his shot is he's a streaky three-point shooter. Can you maybe shift him more towards a rim finisher? That's not quite as much of what he was uh, at Royal Roberts. They gave him carte blanche to pull, and he pulled a lot. But he's a better fit, I think, offensively. You know, more developed than Shedrick offensively, and definitely ahead of Jimmy Bell, but that's being balanced against, you know, like we just talked about extensively, you know, his defensive you know, what he brings to the defensive of the floor and are you, you know, really swapping it out and getting a net push. Um, but I, I think the bigger deal as well is this, and we can talk about this if you want, is I think it really spares you from getting into some dicey rotations and setups, lineups, uh, you know, in the front court. Um, I, I really think I would have had reservations if Jesus Carolero was your backup five. I think there would have been a lot of questions. Or there will be a lot of questions if that's the case. Landing, you know, Connor Vanover, I think, would, would help the structure of the front court be a little bit more logical if they can get him in and understanding that he's buying in to, you know, sort of a reserve role here. But we'll see. We'll see what they what they come away with. Uh yeah, and and re- at least you know, reserve kind of minutes because I think one of the things that, you know, having, uh, you know, somebody who can eat up more minutes at five, uh, gives you is it does allow, you know, Noah Carter, uh, to, you know, play a little bit more of the playmaking guy at the four, um, you know, which he's shown a propensity to, you know, be efficient in that role. Um, and I think it's probably more of a comfort level than him being a true five. Yeah. Uh, it also allows you to, um, you know, mix and match in the front court with, you know, whether it's Noah Carter, Aiden Shaw, Trent Pierce, and, and, you know, getting guys like, uh, you know, those younger guys more experience in a more comfortable spot. You yeah. know, like not having to find 12 to 15 minutes of, of center play from, you know, a, some kind of combination of Aiden Shaw or, or Trent Pierce or, you know, Jordan Butler, not, yeah. not needing those guys and then taking, uh, you know, what they provide you, you know, once they, they sort of show up and get more acclimated. Yeah. And you can also, I think, put, you know, Jesus more in the four spot where I think he'll be a better fit as facilitating big in that spot. So landing Connor Vanover, presuming that's, that's the goal here and they wouldn't bring him on campus if it wasn't, I think, you know, we can nitpick and we can have genuine qualms about his game and fit, but 
on balance, I think it would be a you know a pickup that you know we could look at and say, okay, this is a, a net positive for for the program if they can get him in. Again, particularly at this point, because man, the shelves are empty. The shelves are empty right now, and you know if you just look at the potential you know performance ratings for Vanover, he, he's probably one of the four or five best options still on the board right now. Hey, probably, Evan Mia, uh, BPR loves him. Yep, and uh, he's one of the top 25 bigs this spring in terms of that BPR rating. So it, to get a guy like that in early June, you know, that that's that's better than the alternative right now because after that, once you get outside of Vanover, Olivier Nakamwa, Grant Nelson, you're starting to really like have to hope that David Woka, uh, a bench guy for UNLV, could help you. Then you're really getting into either freshmen like Andromeda Yange, who we've talked about, you're looking at Isaiah Miranda, who isn't considering Missouri, and then just guys who are really, really, real deep in the weeds here. If Connor Vanover committed tonight, he'd be the 95th big out of like the top 110 bigs to come off the board. We're we're, we're late. This is so. This is uh, you can't really nitpick at this point, and you know on balance, it's. It's probably the best you could do right now outside of Kamala or Nelson at this at this juncture in the portal season.